Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Cool Down. Cool, 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 cool down. This is officially the seventh episode. And today, we've got Wonga in the house, the Dengasaurus. We've got Lolo, Stelo, Kale, the Hello, United, aka our devil man. And then we've got Martinho, the short English version of, uh, you know, Mourinho. How's it going, gentlemen? <laughs> the short English version. Yeah. And I see Martinho's got a different background now, eh? Yeah. And someone's watching us in the back as well. They're easy. Yeah. 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 The first fan in training. You see, so when you top the log, your your environment starts changing. You know, it's a different mindset. You know, they start get they receive shirts and that's thing. That's kind of what happens at the moment. Am I right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, of course. Yeah. You know, like, uh, sing when you're winning and all that. But we seem surprised that Wonga's got his shirt up. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I couldn't yeah. Wonga for showing up. He shows up week in, week out. So thank you very much, Wonga. We really appreciate you. Regardless of what it's more than you said for the Arsenal team itself, eh? Yeah. Dads, <laughs> yeah. we've got yeah, our, they, they, our they number one in the house, Scotty Woodhouse. Hey, Scotty. Woodhouse. How's Scotty? How's Scotty? And we've got Jason, Scotty Too Hotty. Jason's giving a shout out. Yeah. Welcome, welcome, yeah, guys. Jason. Yeah. But so, um, before you guys go, continue, <laughs> we were saying we need to figure out a sort of because we, we've got a battle royale happening between you and Matt for obvious reasons. You wanna you wanna lift up why? We'll show everyone what the battle royale is. Okay. okay. You guys wanna talk about it? Say what's what what's going on here? I'm 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 having I'm having a, a devil speak lager. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, for for Scott who's who's not in South Africa. It's a it's a beer um, all the way from Cape Town. Um, and it's, obviously, <laughs> it's named after a certain part of Table uh, Mountain. Yeah, so it's a, it's a premium lager. Uh, Scott, Scott, Scott should, should 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 order it uh, and get it delivered. That he, he won't regret it. Oh, good, good. And you, Matt, what you got there? I'm drinking a Zwakala, a Limpopo lager, um, which, I mean, it's, 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 it's not Cape Town, but I mean, and that's probably <laughs> a good thing because Cape Town, yeah. you know, it's a bit, it's a bit Cape Town. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, it, it's unlikely that someone like Scott's been to Limpopo on holiday because Cape Town gets all the traffic, but it's, Limpopo is that little bit cooler. It's a little bit more rural, a little bit more, more nature. And, and the beer, as a result, is a little bit pure, a little bit more delicious. It hasn't been brewed. On, on the bottom of a mountain surrounded by dope smoking hippies, but rather in nature, you know, a couple of avo trees in the background. So I think you know, if you're going to order a nice African beer and have it delivered all the way to Scotland, go with Zwakala. So I, I kind of feel like how, how, nice. so how, how the Battle Royale is going to work today is every time Kane gets mentioned or Cavani gets mentioned, you guys have to have a sip, either or. And the first one to finish their drink is going to be the winner of the Battle Royale. I think that's how we're going to move forward. But before okay. then, moving, talking about moving forward, we're going to talk about the first game today. And that's the Brighton Liverpool game. Gents. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot happened there. A lot happened there. Wonga, you already started off with the reaction. You obviously watched the game. What are your thoughts overall before I get to uh, dip, dip my thoughts into this? Yeah, I mean, I think for if I looked at uh, Brighton, I thought Brighton brought, uh, brought it to Liverpool. Liverpool, I think, as well, also tried to, uh, I think this day, this. The team, I mean, the defence, I thought that was, for me, the biggest uh, worry, I, I thought, if, uh, from Liverpool's point of uh, point of view. Um, and obviously, we had the, the, the big talking points. I mean, uh, first, before that, the penalty. 
uh, caused by your young man. What is it? Was it Matthews? What's his name? Williams. Williams. Uh, Williams. Williams. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, that was very, very rash. But I mean, youngster expected. No, uh, man. But you know what, Wonga? Wonga, uh, forget it. Like, uh, I mean, we can go into this. But that penalty. <laughs> you say that's a rash sort of penalty. For me, I think if if it's a if it's a footballer refing the game, you know exactly yeah. what Connor is doing in that scenario, and you don't give it as a penalty. That's uh, the player wasn't uh, even running towards the ball. He put his body in front of the, the Williams is the only player making a genuine attempt for the ball. He's the only one. And what happens is the player just puts his body in front of the ball and takes a knock, goes down. And by letter of the law, in terms of how the refs give penalties, they say that it was contact, therefore it was a penalty. But in my opinion, that's something the youngster is going to learn with time. Unfortunately, he's genuinely trying to play the game there and the striker's got but to he's taking advantage of the scenario. He has jumped, Cloud. He was off his feet. This guy was off his He literally jumped. And he stamped his foot in front of the guy. It's for me that's not it's not sensible at all. You're gonna get punished for doing something like that. Is it no chance face and circle? No yeah, ways, no. guys. That, guys, I saw no ways. No ways. No oh, ways. You know, the same game. There was no way for penalty. It was the str- and you know what? If you watch the whole game properly, Connolly does exactly the same thing further up the pitch as well. He throws his body in front of the ball and then he gets a little free kick. And that's all they had going for them, to be honest, in the whole Brighton game. But Joe, sorry, before before I get, you can see I'm super passionate about this for obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's hear your your objective sort of sort of opinion on this on this matter. Now, look, I like I, I'll say again, I thought definitely the first one was a penalty. The second one, uh, <laughs> look, it helped us out. <laughs> We've got a very biased panel in today. Yeah, it was soft. Soft. Yeah, yeah. Let's see you. You say you met. Let's see. Yeah, the thing is, it's it's the same. Like I go, it reminds me of the Spurs game with Newcastle early in the season, where we were also yeah. we, we ended up drawing to a soft penalty. But yeah. in many ways, we only had ourselves to blame because we had plenty of chances <laughs> to kill off that game. We shouldn't have been in a position where. A, a debatable penalty lost us the points. And I think Liverpool are in the same position. That's a game where you should be dominating enough and scoring enough goals that one dodgy penalty I shouldn't just... change it. And I think, and, and to a certain extent, Klopp was right. I think fatigue was a factor, especially in Liverpool's mm. case. They've got such a, the, the squad's, you know, they, they've got a lot of injuries as it is. Um, and I think that's, that is a factor. But also, you've got to, to a certain extent, in the same way that we had to kind of take our medicine against Newcastle, you've got to be like, if you're going to leave it that, if you're going to only be leading by one goal in a game where you feel like you're dominating, eventually there's such a good chance that you're just not going to be, you, you know, you're going to be, if you're only scoring one goal in a game like that, there's a good chance you're not going to get the points. So I think that's, that's Look, going to come back. To, to be fair, Matt, we, we actually scored three goals in the game. And um, that comes to like a whole other, <laughs> no, the other man, question. Come on. Yeah, oh, coming in. Come on. Let's be honest. Come on. You can't talk about Manu's goal as if it was, Oh, really? Mane's goal. Okay, fine. No, no, I'm just saying. I'm, but look, Salah's yeah, goal, very... yes. But not Mane's no, no, no. goal. Mane's goal is a clear offside. That didn't have to have a line drawn. Who cares about yes or what? I was clearly stating yeah. facts. Three times the ball was put in the back of the net and three times, you know, that's what the scenario was. If we're looking here, Salah's goal for me, for me, that sort of thing for anybody in any team, if that's a scenario that they're going to be ruling offside, that should be given a goal, no matter what. If you're saying 10 millimeters is offside, you can literally go fuck yourself because I'm, I'm not interested in watching the game like that. One of the biggest things yeah. about VAR, the issue I have, and I, I know it's week in, week out, we're talking about this shit, but the, the biggest issue I have with VAR is the momentum it kills for the game, not only for, mm. for viewers, but for players. The, the scenario is, you know, momentum is all about the energy. You look for something to pick you up, a good pass or whatever it is, but as soon as VAR comes in, that's three, four minutes, you've 
literally just ripped out any sort of momentum. There's no chance in hell a team can come back. In the scenario where Liverpool suffers that late penalty, if it wasn't for VAR, possibly, you know, they suffer a late goal, Liverpool can pick themselves up and pick up the momentum and go the other way. But because it's yeah. VAR, the guys are like, not again. This is the third or fourth time in the same game this has happened. It literally, all it does is demoralizes you. What are you meant to do in that scenario? So for me, this whole thing, I'm, I'm actually, I'm so over it. And I know, I mean, it's happened a lot to Liverpool in this time, but no one can tell me sitting here that you guys are all happy with currently what's happening with VAR. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So it's, it's when I looked at, for, you know, Danny, Danny, the what I was, oh, yeah, I think the inconsistency for me again is also a big question uh, because, and I'd always be that because, Danny, Danny Welbeck, when he got clipped, because you saw him, when he got clipped by, by Robinson, you know, everyone carried on playing. Everyone carried on playing. Danny Welbeck went down. Cameras got carried on moving even. And then they went back and they called it a penalty. But my question is, are they, are they checking, like, are they checking everything like this? They don't check, they don't check everything like this because sometimes we look back and we say, oh, that could have been called a penalty. And it's, and it's, it's exactly the same, uh, let's say, sort of touch that True. Danny Welbeck... Yeah, I don't know how, how, what, what word you would use, but it's, it's, it's the same sort of intensity that Danny Welbeck's uh, uh, mm. uh, penalty appeal was. Yeah. And, and, but, and they never look back. But this one, they did yeah. look back. So yeah. I, I, that's the yeah. thing I don't understand. It's, it's, they, they, two... Yeah, they, they're picky. They're picky about what they look at in the box. Yes. Yeah, clear and obvious error. Yeah. There was not clear and obvious error. And the biggest issue, yeah. someone mentioned it earlier or someone said it somewhere and I thought it was perfect. VAR or refereeing, when you're making these decisions, they're there to be in the context of the time. You're not there to forensically analyze what the hell's happened. Because by definition, if we're going to look at all of that, you know, it's a rash sort of swing. Yes. Is the contact enough to bring the player down? Hell no. You can see there's a delayed reaction. He even thinks about it after. It's like, oh, wait. Oh, wait. My toes got clipped. Oh, I'm going to fall over. You know, it's one of those where he's, Wildback's even come out saying it was a soft thing. But, you know, regardless about that, I think if, if we're looking yeah. at the whole situation from a, from a Liverpool yeah. perspective, yeah, the, the team's fatigued. We've got Molner. The likes of Molner is 34 years old. Sure, he's a machine. But he's played three games in six days of a high intensity. He's pulled up his hamstring. We've got, you know, managing players yeah. where you, you've taken, you've brought on Henderson at halftime just to try and keep us going again and mitigate his game time. Because again, tonight they're playing against Ajax. The other thing yeah. that you've got to consider is you, you've got freaking all these guys where the manager's got to be now, you've got a seller who's had COVID. He gets taken off and he's got a long face and he's sulking because he wants to play. And this is the manager going, fuck, dude, just take it easy. We actually need you for the next six games coming, not just the 45 minutes. And in that scenario, yeah. Brighton were nowhere in the game. It was a 1-0 in the bag. The game was wrapped up. That's what it was. Yeah. Henderson came on, took control of the situation. And unfortunately, you know, VAR decided, you know what, uh, let, let's make this league interesting. So maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Selo, you, you're always vocal about these sort of things when it comes to football in general. But when it comes to Liverpool in particular, you've generally got a sort of certain <laughs> angle. So curious to hear your thoughts as to how this panned out and what you thought about the result. Uh, VR is VR, man. It's, it's rubbish. It's, it's, it's ruining our game. You know what I mean? There's nothing I hate more in VR currently than the whole offside rule. Um, you know, drawing lines, you know. Um, it happened uh, to Villa as well yesterday with Oli Watkins. It's rubbish, man. So it's, it's unfortunate that, that now, I think it's the second time now Liverpool um, have, been, have, have a goal ruled out um, against Everton and then now also against Brighton where literally there was, it's not an offside. You know what I mean? Um, if you have to draw lines and, and look at arms and armpits and all of this stuff, um, it's, it's sort of offside. Um, with regards to the, 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 the second penalty for Robertson, 
um, on on Wellback. Hey man, listen, um, these things. Um, if you're a Brighton supporter, you're like, hey man, uh, touching the box is a, is a, is a penalty. Uh, but if you're a Liverpool supporter, you say that's soft. And 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 as neutrals, you, uh, that's soft, man. You know what I mean? Um, but um, I'm happy that Liverpool got a draw. <laughs> okay, but, but based on that happiness, Scotty is happy that you both have a have a drink because he's just mentioned Cavani, so you both have to take a sip of your drink quickly, guys. Come on, but how can you? Go on, go for it. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Okay, but going where's back. Your, to this... where's, where's where's your drink, man? You 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 you're in the wild, man. Do do you have a a beer that was made outside or something? <laughs> I've been drinking champagne the whole day. That's what's been happening on my uh, end. To be oh oh, must be nice. Life life in the bush is amazing, eh? Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing in the bush. It's not at Anfield at the moment. Yeah, things are things are a bit tricky down there. I think one of the other things I want to ask you guys is Klopp came out straight after the game. The whole schedule dilemma, and he he mentioned the schedule thing, and for me, I can understand um, where he's coming from, obviously being a Liverpool fan, but also from a a bigger team sort of perspective where you're saying, you know, we've played all these games now, we've played high sort of pressure sort of games where our squad's already thinned out, and you're making us play a lunchtime kickoff game just so you can have all the top teams scheduled out so viewers can watch them. It makes no sense. And at this point in time, Liverpool are the one team that have had the most lunchtime kickoff kickoffs. I know Man United are going to be. A, there's going to be a period where they're going to have just as many. So mm. it's going to be interesting. Where I'm pretty sure Ole is probably going to agree with him at some point. But that's one thing Klopp's been able to do. He's almost got this sort of um, this Ferguson sort of appeal where he can challenge what's happening around him within the football and bring things to light. And he's also come out saying Chris Wilder is a douchebag because he's the only one who wants three subs and they've only got one point in the league. So, in terms of your opinion, in terms of like scheduling these games, I mean, we understand. No. Let's let's be, let's give the time context as to COVID and everything else, and be like, why why are they doing this? I understand, like but, from a competitive side, if you're a smaller team, you're gonna want to take any competitive advantage. Yes, Celo. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's um, if you think about it, actually, it's the clubs that 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 agreed to these kickoff times. So it's not like it's not like. <clears throat> Broadcasters set, so, so, so the broadcasters set the time. The broadcasters, yeah. broadcasters tell the clubs, okay, um, listen, um, we're going to schedule like this. Are you guys happy? And the club said, yes, we are happy. So Klopp must talk to his chief, chief executive to go and talk to the league uh, because the chief executive accepted the time. You know what mm. I mean? He accepted the time. It's not, it's not mm. the, the broadcasters. You know what I mean? The broadcasters are there to broadcast the games. They don't decide on what time you play. It's the Premier League. And who is the Premier yeah. League? Premier League is the 20 clubs. 14 out of 20 um, gets, a, get, get, gets a motion to change anything. So it's not the broadcasters. It's the Premier League that set the times. So he must not take the blame to the broadcasters. Um, he was actually left, um, um, you know, like, listen, that argument that he had this past weekend wasn't, wasn't great. It was quite weak. Um, other arguments previously, um, I can understand. You know, Lampard had, had a very valid argument. Uh, Mr. Ant- International break. Um, lunchtime kickoff. It's 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 Chelsea playing at twelve o'clock. Um, he has players playing in South America that arrived at the, on Thursday night. That I can understand completely. You know what I mean? Liverpool played on Wednesday at home, um, and then now they're complaining about playing at lunchtime uh, on a Saturday. Yeah. Uh, you know, I understand. Ole was different. Ole had already complained about this, but he was playing in Istanbul. He had to come. Hmm. He had to fly from Istanbul and come back to the UK. Whereas it's now. Regardless of the distance, I think at the end of the day, there's a lot of energy and time and spent. And I think when you're looking at the data analytics and you've got your team around you from a Liverpool perspective or even a United perspective, they are at this point in time where these guys are monitoring 
the soreness, the stiffness, the fatigue of the players. And they're actually saying, look, coach, this is the squad you've got. And technically, just by their conditioning, your players X, Y, and Z, and a lot of them are the younger players, are the, actually the only ones that are fit enough to go and, and to, to be ready to play. The others, we just really just trying to manage to make sure they don't get, to get injured. And I like what you said, so yes, things were agreed. Things were agreed with the clubs and the Premier League and the broadcasters, but this was all agreed prior to all of this in terms of what had happened. So surely what I'm saying, again, this comes to everything. None of this makes sense because they're like, oh, football as usual. The world's not working as usual, but let's go football as usual. And you know what? If anything else, we're going to just cram all the games in one. And I like what Jason said here. Brighton players were also breaking down, getting injured. They're not yeah. even in Europe. So it's yeah, going to no. be a product's going to be effective at the but, end of the day. But but I don't think it's the broadcast. It's 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 the t- the kickoff time that that we should look at. It's the whole substitution factor that we lo- we should look at. That's that's the key one. I think that's the one yeah. that will allow teams to obviously use their bench a bit more um, and to have uh, more people on on the bench because obviously when you have five subs, you have more people on the bench as well. That at least will allow the teams to have to make more substitutions. So that, that that that's what's happening now is obviously yes the the, the calendar is cramped up, right? Yeah. Because obviously we're trying to, we're, we're trying to play um, Champions League all six Champions League games and Europa League games um, all the rounds before the end of the, before the end of the year so we can yeah. go into the, the knockout phase uh, which how which is how they've done it previously. Um, it's cramped up, you know. It's unfortunate and and obviously Liverpool has obviously uh, taken um, you know a, a, you know. Uh, been most affected, but I think also it's because of the type of play that they that 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 they do have in terms of that high intensity, pre- high pressing, um, that and that that's why I think a lot of their players have a lot of muscle injuries. It's also the style of play, uh, whereas other teams have been less affected because of their style of play. Um, so if you know if if it was like a if if Pochettino was 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 managing Spurs now, like he would also his team would also be hurt because Pochettino's team was also quite a high pressing team, and if a, if a South was playing in Europe as well. Their players will be breaking down, but they only play every seven days, which which they've been fortunate with, uh, because the high pressing teams are the ones that are that are being affected the most. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and before we before we move on to the before we move on from the Liverpool game, there are two things that need to be mentioned. There's the one that Jota is still. I mean, the player. He's just always showing up for Liverpool at the moment yes. in time. And if he's not showing up, we're struggling to score goals. The other thing I want to talk about is, guys, if you have a player, I don't know if you saw Mo Salah getting taken off and seeing his reaction. Yeah. To to mm-hmm. him like, like sulking like a a toddler, what what are your overall feelings when your star player gets taken off like that and he behaves in that manner? What do you guys think about that, Wonga? Uh, I just I I think it's bound to happen. I mean, the guy the guy wants to play. He wants to score. Uh, it's going to happen with any player that wants to play. Um, yeah. uh, but I think again, I think maybe they, probably there will be a chat where, you, where you're saying, look. Must just be considerate of what you're doing. You're showing everyone else what you're doing, and it just looks funny at the end of the day. But also, on the other hand, maybe they really don't care what anyone else thinks. Um, I think they do have an understanding, uh, Klopp and Salah. Um, I mean, yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure he knew, he knows that probably he was not definitely not going to be happy. And yeah, but he's, he's not worried about that. He just, he's really worried about the long term. And he looks probably like, like <laughs> you said it yourself. Explain that to him uh, when they get off. Like, hey, look, buddy, you're complaining, you're whinging. But we've got another six games coming up uh, where you need to be a part of that, and you just, yeah. just that's the way it is now. That's how. It is. <laughs> I like no, I like yeah. Scott's comment there. I like Scott's comment there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what did you think, Matt? What did you think about that scenario? Look, I think we. I think 
outside the squad, people read a lot into these things that aren't necessarily there. I think any any yeah. one of us in, in Salah's situation would probably get a bit upset at being taken off. You know, it's a, it's a the, he's a professional there. He wants to be a part of every game. He wants to be playing, you know, trying for goals and that. And it doesn't necessarily mean that him and Klopp are falling out. It doesn't mean that he's a, mm. a trouble in the dressing room. It means that in that moment, he was a bit frustrated. Like, ah, why are you yeah. doing this? You know? I think all mm. of us can relate to that in, in any situation. It's not just footballers. In any facet of your life, if there's yeah. something that you really want to do and people are telling you to step back, and even if they've got a legitimate reason, you need to calm down, you know, you need to, you need to rest, you've got other stuff coming up, you're going to be frustrated and you're going to display that frustration. I often think we read too much into these things. Unless he actually yeah. walks off and physically slaps the coach and they get into a fist fight on the side of the field, I don't think that it's, it, it's really indicative of anything bigger. And you do want to see that. To a certain extent, you want your players to want to be on the field. You know, yeah, dude, just like, if, if he skipped off like, we're here, you know, walk straight down the thing, taking his shirt off before he's gone, you'd be a bit like, hey, mate, you know, there should be more to you than that. So, you know, I, think, <laughs> it, it, I don't think it's a big issue. If, if we started to see it be the start of a longer divide between them, you know, Klopp and Salah suddenly not communicating and Salah not being played and eventually ended up like Ozil just playing with the the mascot on the side of the field, then maybe it's a different thing. But I think <laughs> in this particular instance, it, 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 I don't think it's a big deal. I think the reason I ask the question is um, largely because there were a lot of Liverpool fans going, oh, no, you know, Salah is better than that. He shouldn't be acting like that, blah, 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 put the team first. And I'm just like exactly to what you were saying. When I used to yeah. play, it actually it didn't matter. It didn't matter when I was on the field. I wanted to play 90 minutes, and it didn't even. If, if the coach is pulling me off, I had a scenario where I was concussed, I was legit concussed. They checked me, they pulled me off. I couldn't. We were playing Vitz at the time, and the kit was yellow, and I couldn't see the color of the shirts. And eventually, like, no, listen, you got to come off. And I was still pissed off at the fact that they take me off. I mean, that's just retarded on my side. But at the end of the day, you get the point. Like, yeah. that's just hmm. yeah. yeah um, you want to be involved. Yeah, you always want to be playing, man. You always want to be giving the best, regardless of you know, what and when and who's making the decision. Sorry, I'm getting... You couldn't, like, see, the, you, you, you couldn't, you, you couldn't see the color and you still want... What's wrong? No, I'm sorry. I've got like all these insects like... Is, 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 well, I thought, I thought, I thought you could campaign, hear it. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, next game. So, you wanted to start talking. I think it's a great time for you to, to start talking. Some people are saying... Hey. Is I'm not going to say who's saying it, but we know that Cavani <laughs> did the boom for you guys. Hey, did the thing, yeah, bro. Hey, l- listen, um, this game was was quite interesting because um, in the first half we had we had we had uh, clear cut chances um, that we didn't convert. Um, McCarthy made some 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 great some some good saves, um, and Southampton scored from their two chances. So yeah, man, going into half, going, going going to second half, it was quite tricky, um, but um, the guys uh, pulled through in the end, um, keeping our record um, eight wins in a row away away from home. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think it uh, it shows the character in the team uh, and the way they came back um, to, to to get the victory. And yeah, I man, what can you what more can you say about the, our Uruguay player um, scoring two goals late on? You know, what I mean, um, that, that, that that was quite What's impressive. That name? What's that Uruguay player's name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I'm trying to tiptoe around it. Eh? I'm trying to tiptoe around it. But yeah, man, uh, he, he came on, uh, showed 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 why showed why. He's so lethal in the box. Um, mm. two hits. Um, the first goal was a poacher's goal. Um, and the second goal was um, great movement um, that you always get from him within the box. Uh, but yeah, um, I was frustrated with Marcus Rashford's decision-making in the game. Um, too many mm. times he made, he made yeah. the wrong decision. Um, and we could have 
um, clawed back the 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 the, the, the lead, um, um, the deficit. I mean, uh, early on in the game, uh, where he could have rather passed the ball across, um, or he could have um, shot at, at, at the right time and so forth. But he's but, I mean, that one, that that one was like that was that one with Cav- the way he could have passed to Cavani. That that was. Was that was the only one option was to pass. Cavani is not yeah. marked. You literally one on it's two on one of the goalkeeper. Pass and the you, ball. And you want to shoot. And you want to shoot. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it. That was that was madness. What he was doing. I can't understand it. Like it was the obvious yeah. thing. Cavani is literally facing the goal. Ah, uh, but yeah, I, was, I, I don't know. But yeah, that, yeah. That was frustrating. But um, in the mm. end, it didn't cost us. Um, so if it did cost us, I was going to be uh, like, in, you know, I was going to be uh, furious. But uh, it was a good game, nonetheless. Um, Southampton did what I expected. I expected if 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 Ward Prowse got a free kick outside the box, guys, I knew. I knew. Said, I, I, I literally, yeah. I, I was actually at home with with with, uh, with my dad, and I was like, "Oh man, top bin. This 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 this, 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 this <laughs> isn't good because that guy literally he knows like like he's just just over the box like it's 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 just so precise. Um, yeah. And, but the, the keeper gets the other side, it's too late, man. You know what I mean? So so it was a good it was yeah. a good free. And and his corner was amazing um, for uh, for the near post header. Um, Rashford should have marked better there as well. Uh, but yeah, it was a good game, and, and I'm happy that that we're gonna go to to we're gonna get a, another away game in the next game against uh, uh, Rich uh, Rich's uh, West Ham. You know what shocks me at this whole thing is that when we're talking about Cavani, we're talking about everything else. Like I I said to you guys, I said like Cavani is a hell of a signing. I mean, I don't. I think the only two players in the leagues across Europe that have more goals than him are Ronaldo and Messi in terms of the amount of goals he's put out for his clubs. So the reasons to, or, or why it's yeah. taken so long for Oli to be like, well, go go have a run. <laughs> I don't understand, but I don't think <laughs> not going like, to keep him on the bench any longer. I think this is going to be the main number nine. No, no I, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, I think... Yeah, yeah Mitt? Well, I was going to say, I think United have been crying out for someone like that. I don't think... Uh, Rashford always seems to be stronger coming off the wing. Uh, Marshall has never quite stepped up to be that that target man, and I think you've you've been needing that. And and almost when Ibrahimovic was there as well, you kind of saw that the strength that the United's a stronger side when they've got a solid target man who can do the business. And I think it helps that he is so experienced. I think one of the weaknesses of United at the moment is there aren't a lot of leaders there. So the fact that he's pr- able to go in there and do a job, I don't necessarily know that he's the kind of character who's going to drag along players with him. But I think he's strong enough that he'll go do a job on his own and he's got the confidence and the professionalism and the, the experience to go do it. He doesn't need a whole supporting act. He's going to do his job. And I think United have needed that. I think that, you know, you, and this is a, this game was really good for them in the fact that they, they, they faced a, a big piece of adversity, that, you know, the uphill challenge, and they, they overcame it. And I think he played a big role on his own, obviously. But just his, his presence on the field also seemed to lift a couple of guys around him. You know, Rashford, his decision-making was still poor, but he still, he seemed slightly more confident his runs seemed a bit more incisive and I think that 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 played a big role in in the whole side and I think if that that's something United should be building around the problem is obviously you don't know someone like Cavani's age is going to be able to play week in week out the the kind of um schedule they've got coming but I think they need to find a way to use him more effectively and and take advantage of what he brings and also learn from what he's doing for the side and and yeah. plan for when he's not there based on the system that he creates when he is there because that's been lacking you haven't seen United look like that for a long time I don't think there's been a lot of times where United go two down. And you think they're, they're not coming back from this, and and yeah. last time it was different. They they had an energy and they looked like they were going to do something. 
And I mean, if you Bruno Fernandes, who, who do you want to be leading the line? You know, you're going to be giving a guy like that the ball. He's going to be banging that thing, what, nine out of ten times into the back of the net. Yeah. He can, yeah, like he did on the weekend, single-handedly win you, win you games. So it's, it's an interesting way in terms of how they're going to go forward. Marcelo, uh, I didn't get to watch the game, but with regards to Pogba, what's the scenario there? Hey, bro. He's, he's injured, uh, but, he's not, but, he, but, he trained, but he trained for the first time yesterday um, because wow. he picked up a knock. Um, in the international break. Um, so he, actually him and McTominay both picked up knocks um, in the international break and they both haven't trained until yesterday. So both of them have uh, been, uh, missed the last three games, but they both started training yesterday. Um, it, was a, it, was, it wasn't too bad of a knock, so he's, he's back in training. And that's all. All right, that's pretty decent. So how's things looking for this weekend coming with regards to the Champions League? Ah oh, man, I guess um, yeah. PSG also haven't been been, been amazing uh, this season. Uh, they drew on the weekend two two, um, and previously as well they they lost to Monaco um, after leading. Um, so I see us. We need to just get a point to to to, to qualify. Uh, I think we'll frustrate uh, PSG and catch them on the counter. Um, yeah, and Rashford uh, with his pace. Uh, Cavani obviously playing his former team wants to prove a point as well. Um, so if he does start, um, I think we'll. I think we'll definitely um, get 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 over the line and get qualification secured. And then coming up, um, West Ham as well. Uh, West Ham uh, are, are in the top five now. Um, you know they 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 becoming a bit uh, noisy. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you know, uh, good so, thing they are so, as well. If you look at the makeup of this panel, we were talking about, we were talked about how we were going to focus on the top six, and then Arsenal and United and City are kind of dropping the ball. So if, if West Ham yeah. hadn't stepped up and Richard hadn't stepped in, we'd be looking a bit silly as a group. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I don't yeah, know what you're doing about Nick because apparently Newcastle's half their side have been like tested positive for COVID, so they're putting a special request this week to, to postpone yeah. the game. So maybe you know Nick's on. It's because he hasn't been around. May, I don't know what he's Look, doing. There. Did he go visit them or something? Go hug all the Must players. Have. The Must have. <laughs> <laughs> no, guys, it was, guys, it was, it was bound to happen. Eh? Uh, you know, other leagues have have been affected where you find five yeah. or. Is with COVID at, at a time. Um, it's just I'm, I've just been surprised that in the Premier League, it's only ever been one or two players in the team. Uh, but this is actually yeah. the first where it's been uh, uh, quite a number of players. And yeah, I think that game on Friday will definitely be postponed. All right, uh, Selon, before we move on from the, the Southampton United talk, overall thoughts of Ole in terms of direction? And um, I know Wonga's been crying out the whole season saying he's going to last the season. But what do you he's think? Do you think? <laughs> I think I think his 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 away record has has been has been amazing. Um, it's been great. Um, even last season, um, he did well away from home. Uh, and this season, going going away from home is, has he has he's been good. Um, it's just sometimes you just question certain um tactical setup in terms of um the lineups he chooses. Um, you know, for instance, it, he started Greenwood because he wanted Greenwood to have some minutes. Um. Which which didn't make sense. He could have brought him on, uh, brought him off the bench rather. Uh, but but yeah. But sometimes he he makes some questionable decisions. Uh, but all in all, um, you know you, you want your team to win. Um, you don't want a manager to be to be to, to to be sacked. You know what I mean. You want the manager to be sacked, but you don't want your team to lose. So rather the team wins forever and ever. The guy can stay. Who cares? You know what I mean. As, as long as the team is doing well. That that that, that 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 that's that's that that's the most important thing, you know. What I mean, you know, um, he's he's probably got what double the amount of points that Arsenal has right now. Um, so that's 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 that's, that's yeah, he's showing he's, he's showing his worth and he's and he's fighting, which which is good. 
she's showing that he actually wants the job, you know, I mean, he's fighting and he's grinding it out and he's making sure that, 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 that the guys actually do play for him. And it seems like they are, they are playing for him um, because I haven't seen them not wanting to play for him, but they definitely uh, played for him. He must just um, be consistent in his decision-making and, and instill confidence into the players as well. And then I think the results will, will continue. Uh, if Man United win their game in hand, um, they, they, they would be um, just about the fourth or fifth position in the league. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's not looking too bad. And the top is not too far away. So, so yeah, so let, let, let him go on um, and, and see what happens um, going into the year. All right, till the end. Uh, talking about a manager who is doing well, knows what he's doing. And with regards to, you know, getting inside, what, what should I say, buying into his sort of ideas and philosophy, Let's talk about the game that was supposedly the big game of the weekend that actually worked out well for Liverpool in the end. The Chelsea Spurs fixture. Matt, wait, wait. Before we continue, guys, I just got a message uh, from a friend of mine. He says, Wonga looks like uh, Dudizani Zuma, uh, Jacob Zuma's son. I've heard this so many times. How do I look like that? You're going to ask your dad questions. Uh, <laughs> wow. Sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, um, Jose Mourinho, number one. Uh, Martinho, how are you feeling? Uh, I mean, look, it wasn't it, it wasn't a pretty game, and definitely it was a, but it was tense. I mean, yes, I think I messaged you guys after the game. I don't think I breathed for the full ninety minutes. It felt it it was high intensity. Like the, the both sides were really all in, and um, I think for both teams, it showed the progression they both made. And, and you talk about Mourinho doing well, but fair play to Lampard. I mean, you look at how he's changed that side. They they were also struggling defensively at the beginning of the season. Um, and both Spurs and Chelsea have really turned around the records in terms of how they're keeping clean sheets and, and defending as units and, and, and kind of presenting a more clear understanding of what they've got to do to, to control the game. I think in that way, for both sides, it was a, a good example of what they do well. Um, both sides had their chances, particularly right at the end. You know, there was the, the chance that um, Rodon gave Giroud, really handed him on a silver platter that he just couldn't finish. And similarly, at the other end, Zuma misplayed a pass and, and, and Spurs should have done better. Lo made the wrong decision and just really fluffed it. And, and so both sides could have really nicked it at the end. Um, and it probably would have been slightly unfair on the losing side if, if one of them had, had gotten away and won it because I think both sides defended really well. And, and both played... Like, you can talk about Mourinho parking the bus, and he did. I think he went out there with a clear in- intention of not conceding a goal. But at the same time, both sides did create chances. There were there were moments of um, Spurs didn't take a lot of didn't get to take ma- many shots. I think our last shot was in the twentieth minute or something. Um, but there were chances created. And there was in- there were moments where it felt like both sides could have scored. Um, but it was it was great to see from a Spurs perspective. It was awesome to see us keep a clean sheet in that kind of game. You know, traditionally. A game of that high intensity, Spurs end up conceding um, either early on because we just can't hack it, or, or late on because we don't know how to see it to the end. And I think this showed that there's a there's a maturity in the side. And and I've got to shout out to Dyer. I mean, I've often said that I, I don't see him as a a serious centre back on his own, but he kind of led the line and and he did his job really well. There were one or two moments of of of, of where where he was under a lot of pressure, and you you could see he felt it, but he did his job really well. And Joe Roden on debut also had a very good game aside from probably two or three sort of areas that you kind of expect from someone on debut in such a big kind of game. So, but the defense was really good. Hoiberg was immense again. I mean, the dude just, he's exactly what we were missing in the midfield. And I mean, I've, I've, I think I, I mention him every week now, every time I talk about Spurs, I'm talking about him, but he is, 
exactly what we needed and, and credits Mourinho for seeing that and identifying him as a replacement and putting him in because he just clicked in the system and and they they it really worked well. It would have been awesome as a Spurs fan to put away that chance at the end of Lo just had made a better decision when he was, you know, he had all those yeah. had Kane on the left and could have taken a shot or whatever. But so I think there were, there was options available that, that so, and chances, and that would have been a real vindication, a real smash and grab, you know, no shots on target for 60 minutes and then come away with a win would have been a, tick, a proper Mourinho game. But I think in, in much the same way as the city game kind of showed the progression we've made, this was another example of Spurs kind of facing an, another challenge and, and being able to step up to it. Um, Stanford Bridge is never an easy place to go. Chelsea are never an easy t- team to play, regardless of, of what they're going through. And at the moment, they're going through a really positive spell anyway. Um, I'm sure Mosul will tell you that of the two sides, they probably dislike this result more than we did. I think they would yeah. have wanted a win more than we did. Um, but yeah. even with that said, I think both sides could be pleased with the performance. I think both sides played to a really high intensity and, and gave, yeah. gave a good example of, of that kind of football. Um, not great for the neutrals, though. I mean, if you don't support one of the two teams and you sat through it, I do feel a bit bad for you. No, but oh, it was, it was, it was, it was, I think it was a very good game because yeah. that, that first half, Spurs mm. were, were, were the top, were the better team. They were on top of, they were on top of Chelsea. Um, Dombele was getting past Kante. Oh, yeah. Every time Kante was trying to get onto Dombele, Dombele would cut, you know what I mean? He would, he would turn he would turn him and make the passes and, and everything. He was just looking so dominant in that midfield. And mm. I feel that maybe they could have gone for it a bit more in that first half. Mm. That, that's when they had Chelsea. That's really, that's really when they had Chelsea. And I think that's where Chelsea in the second half, they obviously then came back into the game. And then obviously it was, a, yeah. it was a, an, an even game uh, because Chelsea tried to obviously uh, impose themselves a bit more in the second half. But that first half, man, uh, Spurs like really looked like a top two team um, that, that they currently are. You know what I mean? They, they were... Yeah. And 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 it wasn't like was, was was it was a half it was a half pop, so so you know like a a, a double decker bus and a single decker bus. Mourinho had a single <laughs> Mourinho had a single bus, not a double decker yeah. bus. You know sometimes he had a double decker bus. He had a single decker bus, so he was resolute at the back. But then also um, even like Glenn Hoddle and analyzing at halftime, he was saying that Asisoko was covering for Oriye to allow Oriye to go forward, and yeah. and so. Oria had good runs and everything, man, and 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 I was really impressed. And I felt that I, I was looking forward to maybe Bale coming on in the seventy fifth minute, and I was just so uh, hacked. I was so hacked. Yeah, that. told you, guys, like, Bale. Bale is Bale, never making an appearance in in his big uh, games. He's just not trust. He, there's no trust there. He's not going to do the hard work you're expecting. It, it's interesting to see like how a player like Sissoko in a side coached by Mourinho becomes your important player. That's just the yeah, sort of uh-huh. type yeah. of players. Is these guys are going to run their, their socks off, you know, to the bone until, you know, the very self, you know, it's not about them is what I'm trying to say. It's always about the yeah. team. And Mourinho loves those players. He glorifies those players. And those are the players at the end that are going to get your results. And now this is why Spurs on the top of the, the table. And I like what you said, Matt, when you're looking at, you know, these big games. This isn't a game where they normally hold out with a clean sheet. They've now played City and they've now played Chelsea and they've gotten two clean sheets in those games and away from home. So if you don't build on that, if that's not something to say like how the, the club has progressed or how the team's progressed on a Mourinho from that perspective alone, just from a mentality perspective, yeah. then I don't know. And I think one of the things he also came out saying, Mourinho, is he said for him he was happy with the results. But what makes him really happy 
or happier is that the players weren't. And he says, now yeah. I can start seeing my boys. My boys now, the mentality is coming through and they really, they really want this. And that's the big yeah. thing. That's the thing you want from your players. The players that are disappointed after a big game like that and they come away with only a point. Even though as yeah. a manager, you're going every point counts at this sort of scenario, especially when they're away from home. So you must yeah. be delighted from that perspective. Oh, definitely. And I think to, to also to talk a little bit about the squad, you see some of the players, and you mentioned um, Ndombele and Sissoko and, and how they've progressed. And I mean, Ndombele is a fantastic example. He was, his, his first few months in England, he was, you know, we were all a bit kind of, he didn't quite step up. It was unclear. And I think part of that was down to that was the last few months of, of Pochettino's era. And, it, you know, the system wasn't quite working the way we had, had wanted it to. And his position in that system wasn't really understood. But now, like this season, he's become one of our most important players. And that energy that he brought into the first half, I mean, he was just dominating the midfield. It was fantastic. And, um, the, and, and the role that Sissoko does, he does. He just runs all day. And, and I've been a big, I've come around to him big time. I think a lot of Spurs fans, Sissoko's first season at Spurs was a big disappointment. We just, and I used to just think of it as having an empty shirt on the field. And he's completely changed my mind. He's just the energy that he brings to every game. And also his awareness, his, his ability to be in the right place at the right time is huge and he was freeing up Aurea a lot and, and Aurea is another player who's just grown under under Mourinho yep. and the 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 you know when when we bought Doherty it was like a lot of people think well we'll never see Aurea again he's gone mm. but he's he's really mm. stepped up and his attacking play mm. is is phenomenal his ability to kind of take the ball forward and and do those smart clever little triangles on the wing with whoever's there be it Bergwijn or Son or whoever's playing on the right hand side at that moment he's he's really good at just opening doors and creating opportunities and I think we, he's going to continue to be really important in those kind of games. And it is awesome to see the team walking off a game like that, not being happy. Because, and even as a fan, there was a part of me that thought, if you'd offered me a draw before the game, I would have been like, oh, of course, gladly. Let's have it. Let's have yeah, a point. Exactly. But then having watched the game, at the end of the game, I did think, oh, that's a good result. But we, we could have won that. We could have, we, could have, we could have done a smash and grab. We could have come away with more. Because we weren't hanging on for dear life. It wasn't like we parked the bus and then we were just throwing Very our bodies control, in front of shot. Yeah, it was, it was a yeah. high-intensity game, but we weren't yeah. run off the field. Not to say Chelsea didn't have their chances. I mean, Chelsea had a lot. They had more chances than us. But what's been really good about what Mourinho's been doing lately is the sides that we play, and even it was true of City. City had quite a lot of chances, but they were always in kind of, for the most part, in, in kind of non-dangerous spots. You know, they're, they're kind of hopeless shots from outside the box or players getting frustrated and just having to go from anywhere. Um, and I think that even when we're facing a lot of, of chances, it doesn't feel as dangerous as it used to. And that's big for a Spurs fan. I mean, I've been watching them all my life, and it, for, for a long period, it would feel like anybody takes a shot against us is going to score. You know, I mean, there's times yeah. that we had Julio Gomes in goal for a while, and that was basically just his, his job was just to pick the ball out the net after someone took a shot. And, you know, like <laughs> the, the evolution of, to that where now, where I feel like a side to score against us now has to do a lot. Um, they really have to work yep. at it. They really have to be something special. Um, and that's I think true. that's, that's one, of their, one of Chelsea's best chances. One of their best chances was a shot from distance. That was it. So, I mean, yeah, if you yeah. are restricting your best opponents to long-range shots, I mean, they've really got to hit that thing sweetly. And how often do those realistically go into the back of the net? And if they do beat your keeper from that distance, then you've got to really stick your hands up and say, well done. If you can yeah, deny well, all that yeah. space up into that point, then you're doing your job. So, sorry, Matt, I interrupted you. No, no, I mean, you, you finished my point exactly. That's exactly where we want to be. If we can, and, and the, the, I remember the one you mean, Mason Mount had a really good, um, and, he, and he hit it really sweet. It was a really good shot. But to beat Lloris from that distance when he had full vision of the ball, you know, you've got to do something special. So, But that was, I, a, it, good, that was a good save, though. It was, I it don't was, think some was. keepers yeah. wouldn't have actually touched that. That was yeah. a very really good Lloris. save. And it, and, and it, and it dipped on him. 
Yeah, mm, he, he's Lloris is really good. He's he's one mm. easily one of the best keepers in the league. And I think sometimes yeah. was, I was talking about it last week. I talked about Cash Michael being a really good keeper that we sometimes forget to mention. I think Lloris mm. also sometimes gets forgotten when you talk about the big keepers in the league because no. he had to yeah, drive for big money in that. He's been there for a little while. It was a fairly cheap mm. deal back in the day. So I think, um, okay. but he's definitely for me. I wouldn't replace him with anyone currently in the league. His shot, his shot stopping is 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 is, is up there. Probably the, one yeah. of the best, if not the best shot stopper. Um, just just other elements of his game, I guess that yeah. maybe want to improve. But shot stopping, he does it well, and that's what you want from a yeah. rookie keeper is to save is to save the shots, and which he does very well. Yeah, but he's also now he's, he's gotten to the point that he's been with the club so so for such a long period of time, he is part of the culture. He is part of the fabric. So when your new players are coming in, he's the guy that you can lean a shoulder on and he can say, listen, this is this is what we're about. And that also becomes, that's what Liverpool have in abundance. Didn't he want to box Son? I saw that other time. He wanted to punch Son in the face. Yeah, they... they <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. It's not season. They got into a bit of an argument over, over some stuff. But again, it's typical team stuff. You know, you're on there, the intensity's higher. It's the same thing with players losing their temper when they walk off. You know, I don't think it's indicative of a wider kind of problem. I think it was uh, a one-off kind of, you know, players shouting at each other. That, mm, it, that, it, you expect it to happen from time, time to time. But yeah, he's a huge part of it. I mean, he's club captain Matthew. and he's a really big influence on the squad. And, and you always feel better when he's on the field. The, the defence is more solid. He's, you know, there, there are elements of his game that are weak. Sometimes he, he sometimes struggles with decision-making for, for, for crosses and stuff. He's not, doesn't always seem certain whether he should go for it or stay back. But, but overall, he, he's he's one. He adds points do, to us by being there. Do Do you think he can be? He can go down as the greatest Spurs keeper ever. Uh I don't know. We've. I mean, depends how far back you. Certainly in the Premier League era, probably. Um, I mean, you know, in the, in the Premier League era, we've had a couple of really good keepers. Robinson was. He was. He was obviously very. He was with us when he was in his prime, playing for England. Um, scored that magnificent goal against against Watford. So. And, and, quick, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that happens quick. to keepers. I think, yeah, you know. It's, uh, yeah. But and then, um, you know, and and obviously, Friedel was with us for a long time, and he was an amazing keeper. But he was with us oh, a bit yeah, later yeah. in his career, but he was he was solid. So, but I, I think probably, um, you know, he's got. I reckon he's got one or two more seasons with us. I think by then he he would have hopefully won some stuff. And I think yeah, but with that, if he captains us to a couple of trophies then definitely he'll be our best. Yeah. And and then okay. arguably you'd also be able to start saying he's one of the best in Premier League history, never mind just Spurs history. Um, I yeah. think that'll be a serious point. So, yeah. Good good weekend for Spurs again. Yeah, I think very good weekend. I think is a team that maybe didn't have such a good weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the next thing. That's, that's exactly where I wanted to go with this, was talking about um, players you want on your field. I mean, Arsenal are crying out for a news all right now and they just not they just don't have him and... You know, the poor results oh. keep coming in. Wonga, I know you dread coming onto the cool down largely because we talk about the results. And um, now's your time to shine, dude. Let off your chest. What what the hell happened? What dude? happened? Ah, look, that's, last week, I think I even said I saw Arsenal losing. You did say the score 2-1. I said it. And exactly that is because I saw Wolves taking more shots than Arsenal. Um, getting and, and it looked like they wanted it more, and it looked like they could definitely. The thing is, you can't say that Arsenal plays bad for them. That's the worrying thing for me is that Wolves are just a better team than Arsenal. That's you just yeah. watched the game, and that's what it was. They were, they were, they were the better Shit. team. Uh, you can't even complain about um, look, look at Podence's goal. He's he left uh, Gabriel on the floor, picked the ball up, buried it in the back of the net. Um, he's pick your pardon. 
No, I'm just saying the, 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 that chip over the yeah, defender. Yeah, that little chip. Yeah, that was a, that was a flippant, that was, that was a damn was good fine. goal. Damn good goal. Even Gabriel did uh, did well as well to get up there um, and score his goal. But, geez, I mean, even their first goal as well, it's just, I mean, it was back and forth, but you could see eventually that ball was going to end up uh, in the back of the net. Um, and I was, just, I was just thinking, I mean, <laughs> that, like I said, the worrying thing for me was that that that's, Arsenal doesn't get better than that. You know, it's what must they do to get better than what they do? They put Ozil in the team, but how far will that take us? This is my question as well. I've got some, I mean, like Rob Holding, what's, what's, what is he good at? What's his best attribute, Rob Holding? Is he defending? Is he really good at defending? Can we replace he's a nice, him? He's a nice chap, man. He's a nice player. Yeah, I think that's, the shirt fits, you, see, you know. That's... He's a nice English lad. I looked, I saw, and I, I watched the game. I said, look, okay, maybe he's good at his distribution. Uh, he, he did very well with that. But again, it's not, it's, it's, I don't think it's enough. I mean, guys are going to take advantage of that. You've got Chari, and you saw he got the yellow card. He had to take him down. Otherwise, it was just, uh, it was clear through. But I think, I think for me, the biggest thing with Arsenal... Um, all in all, I think they, they are definitely missing um, um, a, a, a leader in the team. Um, like you're saying, I mean, like you're saying, there's Luis there who's been in the team for a long time. Um, in Arsenal, Aubameyang's been there, but how long has he been there for? I mean, it's only like four years. Not he's, he's, he's you know, he's just he's a new man as well, you know. And but he was also never a leader. Aubameyang was that's never what a I'm leader. Saying. You, you know, see, like, like at other clubs, he's scored goals. goals. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I don't even if you and uh, if if even like when Henri when when Henri moved to back to to Barcelona, he scored. Yes, he scored a lot of. Goals. I think it was thirty goals that season. It was way more than I understand. He got the players around him and stuff. But geez, he looked even more lethal than he than he did the year before. And the year before that, he was he was captain at Arsenal. And yeah. I think even at, at Arsenal, even the guys that led Henri, uh, your your Vieras, um Adams, Tony uh, Adams. Tony yeah. Adams. I mean, you, you had those guys that um, I think Maruno put it uh, very nicely when he was coaching. Uh, I, I think it was uh, I think it was when he was at Porto. I'm not sure what the, what the player's name was, but he said he had a had a captain there, and they were losing a match. Uh, I can't remember the score, but they were losing at half time. The captain told him to to wait outside. He said, no, 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 chillax. I'll talk to these guys. He talked to them, and then they went out in the second half. Um, and they did the business. I don't know if they, I can't remember if they won or draw the game, but Muno did nothing. He had that, he had that captain to do that. And I think mm. that's, and I think even in Wenger's days, when Wenger had, when he started losing Vera and those, and those guys, it was from there when he got all these young players, he struggled really, really struggled. And I don't think he even found a captain. And from there, he saw, we started peaking. We never even competed. Our top four was, that was our game. Um, mm. And I think that's because mm. the other teams were also, not stepping up. But other teams are stepping up. He's not top we 10. You're struggling. You're struggling to make that your yeah. game. Well, Yo, I mean, number 14. Newcastle is above us. Newcastle is above us. Where's the, the, the team has COVID. There are 13 teams above us, Oaks. <laughs> I think, look, I, think I, agree, I agree with Roy Keane. I think you guys have got enough to not be relegated this season um, on balance. Yeah. I think you'll That's still true. be in the Premier yes. League next season. Are you joking you right that? now that that's part of the conversation? That whether or not they're <laughs> no, going to be But that's the truth, isn't it? They've got enough to stay up. And I agree with him. But, I but think like, he's right. I think Arsenal will stay up. <laughs> like, it's a, it's a joke, but honestly, I, I, honestly I'm, not gonna, I'm being honest with you guys. I watched the game. 
and you're thinking, okay, Aston Villa, they 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 thumb they, they us. Um, Wolves have beaten us now. Um, which 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 team do we beat? Do we beat Tottenham? No, we don't. Do we beat Man United? No, we don't. Do we, we beat, beat those top six? We don't beat those guys. We don't beat them. Um, maybe with Uzu we we have a chance, but ah, I still don't think. I think we need a lot more than that. I think our team yeah. is a lot more. I think the, I, the I, biggest I issue, one of the biggest issues you guys have as a side right now is that. I think the board have decided, you know, they're going to stick with Arteta regardless. And I'm also, let's be fair here in terms of this isn't the easiest of seasons to be coming in as a manager, number one. Um, mm-hmm. But the other thing to be considered is that he looks like a manager who's exper- experimenting. He looks like a manager who doesn't know exactly who his best 11 players are. And it's almost like when mm-hmm. you're coaching 13-year-olds or whatever and you've got like 100 kids that have come for trials. So you've got to really filter down the system and you've got to play like 100 games before you decide these are my 11 best players. And it's almost like he's doing that a little bit, but he's not getting... You know, in the beginning, every manager who comes in tends to have a little bit of a bounce. You know, the players tend to perform a little bit better. It's almost now it's becoming a bit worrisome where you're going, well, are the players really performing and does he have enough of the... The metal to like pass it, like Mourinho's uh, done, for example. Yeah, but also for me with Arteta, like you talk about the, you know, not knowing who the best side is. But I wonder also sometimes it feels like there isn't even a clear, complete conviction on what the best system is. You know, because to know who your best players are, you've got to know this is the system I'm playing for. So I need to work out which of my midfielders is going to do that yeah. job. I need some guy who's going to hold, some guy who's going to push, and and you know, so Mourinho had to play around. He had to find a found a, a a hole in the squad where Sissoko has now fit and he's like and he's built a a a, a, a role for himself in the squad and that with with Arteta I sometimes he, he seems to have like a basic formation that he's putting together but not a clear system that that leads to you know and, and the players seem to lack some sort of like clear um direction around what's going to happen next you know what do we do when we're in this situation and it, it's yeah go ahead I think for, for me I yeah, <laughs> I think I, I, I disagree with the thing, the, the fact that you're saying that he doesn't know his best players because that for sure he does. Um, you remember, look at Saka. Saka started the left back. Look where he's playing now. And he hasn't played him He hasn't played him at the left back unless there's injuries unless there's injuries around the field. Saka, everyone sees mm-hmm. that. Saka's definitely dangerous down the left wing. He's put him there. Aubameyang, you know where Aubameyang is. William, he knows who William is. Um, Pate, Pate's fit. He's on the field. Gabriel played every game, left week in, week out. Tyranny's outfit, he's on the field, week in, week out. Rob Holding, Lord knows why, but he's there no, on the field. But 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 David Luiz got injured. Come on. We know we know we know David Luiz. At least that's 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 one player I can say in Arsenal that yes. when when he has played, he's actually been solid this season. You know what I mean? He's I remember against uh um what's this thing, Leicester, uh when, when yes. he when when he came off with the injury, that's when now it was minus one at the back. That, that, that That's where you guys lost it. And also this yeah. weekend, if you think about it, he came off uh, with the head injury, obviously, at oh, halftime. Oh, shit. I didn't actually so, forgot so, about that. Eh? He swapped yeah, himself for Rob Holding. Exactly. Yes. So, obviously, uh, yes, so obviously, yes. so obviously that, that, that is like your most important defender because yes. he's actually got that leadership uh, to marshal the defense. And without David Luiz, man, um, like, can you believe we're saying this? But without David Luiz, your defense... Is nowhere because there's no, tell, there's no one to tell them anything because he actually no, does. Know, hey man, listen, do this, do that, and he can pass back. He makes a good long pass left, long pass. He can pass with any foot, and he hasn't made any errors this season. You know what I mean? He's actually yeah, good. like 
No, Silo, you, yeah, you're right in that fact. I, I, I did forget about that, that he actually he, mm. he was subbed out because that head injury. Um, but yeah, again, yeah, one player I'm impressed with, he's, he's actually made it, uh, made, he's actually putting it, I thought he was, he's, you know, one at all, he's chillaxed, but he's not. He actually wants to play and he wants to play hard uh, at a high level and, and he's pushing himself and that's what I like about him. Uh, like, yeah, but Rob Holding again, yeah, I wouldn't start him. But yeah, David Lewis, sorry, I forgot about him. Mm. Gabriel. Yeah, you, you see, and, and then they got Bellerin as well. Arteta knows his best team. Uh, but I think, again, is that, is that, I think what they do missing at this point in time is definitely the creativity. It's with Arsenal, it's, it's, everyone can see it. You go down the left, if it's not working down the left, you go all the way down the right. If you can, maybe once, uh, cross it in. Yeah, it's literally, you're not going to pass it to the striker in the middle, maybe one, two, it's literally <laughs> the, just around there. That, that, whole, that whole moon shape, whatever he calls it, maybe they've got a next even. You know, that, that used to work in FIFA 98. You just put the ball down the wall. You what pass it down the, the wing, you cross it in, and, it's, and it was like a glitch in the game. You just hit circle and it always score. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, I think yeah. they're still playing FIFA 98 over there. The thing, I yeah, just wonder, the way I question Arteta is, is, is he doing more than that? Because like we could sit down and between the four of us, we could probably pick a decent 11 out of Arsenal's squad. There's a debate to be had as to whether that squad is actually strong enough. You know, how many of Arsenal's starting 11 would make it into the starting 11 of the 10, 13 clubs above them? Probably not as many as we would want. But the, the thing that you expect from someone like Arteta is to, to create more than just some of their parts. This isn't football manager. You know, we could sit down and pick 11 guys to go on the field. That, that does nothing. You know, you, you want someone like Arteta to be able to say, with you 11, I'm going to do this. We're going to achieve this. Mm-hmm. This is the plan. When, when this happens, you've got to adapt in this way. You know, and, and you just don't seem to see that with Arsenal at the moment. They're very kind of, there's, there's one approach. It's all a bit, it's all a bit two-dimensional. Aubameyang is just gone. Like we've talked about it one a few times. I'm still convinced he's been replaced by a lookalike. Like I think there's, <laughs> there's just missing elements that you expect. And I think that's what people thought they were getting with Arteta. I think they thought, you know, this is, Pep's protege, he's going to step up, he's going to bring certain nuances, and it just seems to be very kind of stuck, and, and he doesn't seem to know what to do when the chips are down. I think that's a big factor. Hey, but yeah, man, that, hey, when, when you say yeah. Pep's protege, man, it just reminds you of that time when he says, what did Pep tell the better? Uh, 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 Guys, like for me, for me, this this works two ways, man. And it's it's almost like you know you get this modern manager that when you're coming into a club, you know you need to have a philosophy and you take the current crop of what you have, and you try and make them play in the, according to that philosophy. And if they're not really uh, up to the task, you kind of filter them out up into the the opportunity where you are given the finances or the resources to replace them with other players. And then you get the manager like a, a Mourinho who comes in and he's very active. Like, you know, he and it's not he's not glorified for this by any means, but he'll set up his team as to stop another team and he'll use what he has to his disposal and he'll make the best of their qualities. And that's yes. kind of if we if we're comparing the two yeah. scenarios, that's yeah. kind of where we find ourselves right now. Is Arteta's going, he knows he's been given time, he's going, Okay, cool. Well, this is how we want to play. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. Let's see if these players are up to up to it. Let's see if they, they can do it. And if they can't do it, you know, it's gonna get to a point where January, hopefully, they are saying I'm gonna get supported. Then I can start saying, okay, let's get these guys out and these are the players I need. Unfortunately, now when the when the conversation starts taking a turn and it's about relegation, I think you've got to start tweaking, tweaking a little bit. For me, it always makes sense. If you come in, you need results first. Use the players that you have and maximize their qualities. 
then get the results. And once you get those results, you build the confidence and winning mentality, get the leaders. You can start earmarking those leaders. And then from there, you can gradually start chopping and changing. You don't just come in and say, well, fuck you guys. This is how we're playing. Okay. Yes. Yes. No, you suck. You can't fit my system. Okay. Oh shit. You know what? All 22 players can't fit in my system, but I still got the rest of the season to, to go. What, what, what am I meant to do? You know, that that's not viable. But you see, like even, but what surprised me about a Teta, um, Maybe, yeah, maybe I'm also one not, but I, I can't say anything because I wasn't there. But he was there at Man City when, when, when you, when, when, uh, when company was there. I mean, surely he saw how the guy was leading, leading the team. Surely yeah. when he went to Arsenal, 100% when he went to Arsenal, did, did he see that, hey, look here. Um, I need a this, leader. <laughs> definitely, we need something. We need someone to, to lead this yeah. team. Because definitely the manager is not doing it on his own. He's definitely not going to do it on his own. We can see that with yeah. Liverpool. Klopp, big figure. Um, we know how, how he's very char- uh, charismatic, but there he's got your Jordan Henderson. Yeah. Late to the players. But you know what? You know what? Job, you, you've mentioned something him. interesting, but it's not even just the players. Klopp's got his, his, the staff he has around him are like mm. mini Klopp's. They all bought into the yeah. same thing. They, if he's not there, you've got a Pep Linders who's able to step up the mark and motivate. The, he's coaching the players on a day-to-day. He's got Pe- Peter Kaivitz, who's been with him since 2001, who speaks and acts and behaves in the same manner he does. All of them mm. are buying into the same thing. And that's not just, again, that's from squad level. You've got Michael yes. Edwards. You've got all of them. They are buying into the same thing. So until those things start to align... Um, I think it's it's the same thing with the United. United, you know, slowly they can get the results because they've got the resources and they're big enough club that they can have, I mean, they've afford, they've made these mistakes over the last couple of years and they can afford to make them because they've got the money to bail them out every time. But until these things start aligning, this is where the clubs are going to start, you know, coming face-to-face with the train and see whether or not they're still on track. But the one yeah. thing I want to ask you guys is that obviously one of the big talking points that came out of this weekend was the mm-hmm. fact that the head collision between David Luiz and, you know, Jimenez has led to a fractured skull and other players out. And we know a lot of the players, after they've fractured their skull, they don't normally come back the same way. Mm. So, and the, the conversation in particular is one about concussions and how the Premier League deals with these sort of things. So what do you guys think about this? I mean, it's been years. Football is one of the sports where they focus on head injuries and yet mm. they haven't really, you know, dealt with this in the past. But, uh, I'm not too sure about any other. I've not looked at... Uh, but I remember it was Peter Cech's one, uh, and that was pretty bad. That was a stud to the head, even. And uh, and he... and 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 the Spurs player, what's his name? Remind me, Matt. Um, Gary Gary yeah. Cahill hit him. What's his name? He was playing for Hull as well. And Spurs. Uh, um, Dawson. Dawson. No, oh, yes, Dawson. Dawson. Not 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 Dawson. Who? The the centre mid man. เซนเตอร์เมดแมนเออเออร้านไมซินเนี่ยเออร้านไมซินเออร้านไมซินเออร้านไมซินเออร้านไมซินเออร้านไมซินเออร้านไมซินเออร้านไมซินเออร้านไ
But mm. I think there should be an independent medical person on the field who looks at the situation and goes, no, you have yes. to come off, no choice. Yes. Um, yes. Because I think if, I mean, you know, it, it all turned out yeah. right that we seem to be fine. But if something had gone wrong, if, you know, 10 minutes later he had collapsed, people would be looking and going, who the hell let him stay on? What, what was the decision? Yeah. Why did we? And I think the fact that that's in the hands of the clubs is still a slightly damning thing. You look at other yeah. sports, you know, the NFL where head injuries were a huge factor. They've really taken big strides in that. They, there's independent people on, on, on site. They make calls. If there's any kind of inkling of, 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 um, des- uh, of kind of danger or, or whatever, they, they pull them off and, and, and go straight away to the, the right kind of protocols. And I think that's something the Premier League does need to change. Um, and it does change the psychology of Ryan Mason, I'd, you know, I'd forgotten about it, but it's, it's a good example of it, how it changed his career. I mean, he'd, he, and, and he'd been a Spurs boy all his life and then just wasn't able to, to keep up with it off there. And I think it's, it's a great shame to see players because it's, it's, it's such a big part of the game, um, especially someone like Jimenez, getting up for a head is going to be a big part of how he plays. And now mm. there's going to be an element of doubt when he comes back. Um, no, and for him to get over yeah. that, and I hope he's able to. I hope he's to make a full recovery and come back and play at yeah. the level he's always played at. But there's, I mean, and all of us are human. You'd be in the same three. You have that bad an injury. You're not going to want that to have to happen yeah. twice. But it is, yeah. And, and yeah, Jason's made a good point. Should we be following the rugby example? And probably we should, you know. And, and <laughs> yeah. there's been a lot of talk about head injuries as well in, in the context of dementia. Um, you know, Charlton being diagnosed with dementia and players coming up. Uh, Gary Lineker's talking about it quite a lot, saying that how often do players need to head the balls in trainings, particularly young players, you know, teenagers mm. heading the ball a lot and the potential damage that can do later in life. And you look at players who are heading the ball all the time, you know, players like Andy Carroll, uh, Harry Kane, and, you know, are defenders, they doing yeah. irreparable damage to the head? Yeah, a lot of defenders. Slabhead, for example, he's, get, he's getting his head on the ball every week. And, you know, are they? <laughs> is this something that we should be looking at more seriously? Or do we need to have a, a discussion around, is it worth it? Is it worthwhile for the sake of, of, of this game, and it is just a game, it is all about fun and it should be enjoyable. It shouldn't be, I'd hate to think that for, for my enjoyment, there's 20 or 30 young people who are giving themselves dementia every weekend. And I think that's something mm. we, we should be talking about head injuries more, not just when it's big and scary and people bleed, but the long-term I, effects of the way that yeah. the game. And shouldn't we talk so about that? That is a difficult, that is, that is definite discussion that uh, I, I know that if I've actually, um, Taken part, like I know they've even the now it was maybe two years back where they took took the decision to say that no under thirteen player should be training uh, the headers. I mean, yeah. the headering in 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 training. Um, it's yeah, and there's only be, and it's because of that the long term effects of it and all that stuff they looked at. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm not saying all I'm just saying is yeah, they are definitely doing something, and there's still there's definitely room for improvement, and they could they could, they could definitely make decisions like right now. Because um, yeah. yeah, leaving, I was also, I was also, because I, I caught the game um, just after David Luiz and them uh, got out of uh, that, uh, incident, that yeah. injury, the incident, and I was wondering why he's wearing that head bandage. And then they told when I heard that Jimenez was was his head was in half. I, I was just trying to figure out how is this guy still on the field? You know, I was just wondering. Yeah, um, yeah, and Luiz, and the reason they took off Luiz is because at halftime. He said he wasn't confident to hit the ball. That's why they took him mm-hmm. off. He just told it's him that. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually not confident to hit the ball. And, and that's why they took him off. But they should have taken that's him true. off because of the concussion. Um, the taste. 100%. It's, it's, it's not 100%. good. Because they ask you, um, who are you playing against? What's the current score line? What did you have for breakfast this morning? Where are you? What's your name? All but these I things. And if you answer everything, they say you can carry on. You know what I mean? No, it's not. Yeah. That's not right. To be safe, you should. If your head, it, 
get the guy off, get someone else. Otherwise, yeah, it's a yeah, rather, rather long term. I think, you know, if, if I know if I was watching, if, 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 if we were playing a, a friendly game, you know, four of us kicking about in the garden or whatever, and started beating, you wouldn't be like, hey, mate, do you still remember where we are? Yeah, you're right, carry on. You know, as soon as someone <laughs> bled, you'd be like, oh, hey, take a step back. I, don't, I think we should Immediate, all slow down. Yeah. And, and I think yeah. that that kind of common sense should be taken into a Premier League game where the man yeah. is bleeding. You had to bandage his head. He probably shouldn't be playing professional sport for the next 60 minutes. And, you know, yeah. that kind of thing is, I think, you know, it's, it's we are now, we, we live in a time where it's possible to have quite a lot of science behind these discussions. I think we should have that. I think there should be people mm. doing proper studies and saying, if we're mm. seeing a very high prevalence of professional footballers going on to develop um, neurological disorders related to having headed the ball consistently for, for 30 years of their life, then we maybe need to have a serious discussion about whether or not this is how we should be playing the game. And then when, and when there's the extremes of that, where players collide heads and start bleeding, then it should be a no-brainer. And I think that's, that's something that we, we should be getting right. And I think the fact that it's taken us so long is probably another indictment on what Claudio was saying earlier around this is a massive machine to try and make money and things like the safety of the players on the field at a macro level around making them play too much is, is clearly not a concern. But even at the micro level where a player is bleeding and they're happy for the thing to continue because it's, you know, they bandaged it up, he can cap on playing. Yeah, uh, then true. I think that's, that we, we, should be, we should be more concerned about the safety of things. And the example that it leads, because it also makes kids think that you don't stop. You get hurt, you've got to carry on. You've got to yeah, be bleeding. Okay. And I don't want that. I don't want my kids to think that if they bang their head really hard that it's bleeding, that if the coach tells them you're right, that they've got to stay on the field. I want my kids to feel like if, I, if my safety's in danger, I want to be able to walk away. And I think that's, mm -hmm. you know, we, we should have that conversation. We should be pushing that yeah. down the agenda. We should be forcing the, the Premier League with all of its money to put some some research into that stuff. Yeah. Um, over. Thanks for coming to my team. Yeah, no, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, they should also start focusing their time and efforts just to get rid of VR. I think that's uh, in amongst all the other things I know to bring them back to that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> always focused on the Oh, Claudio. We started the show with VR, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we started with it. In the name. You know, one more, one more note before I completely end it, end it all there. Um, and that pretty mm. much wraps up the show for the cool down today. Thank you very everyone for joining us. Uh, thank you guys for joining me. I really enjoyed it. And yeah, good luck for whoever's teams are playing in the Champions League. I know Liverpool are playing tonight against Ajax. We'll see what happens there and what kind of squad they put out. And uh, Wonga, you know, if you need us to fax your man Arteta, just let us know. We've got we've got a lot of toilets on speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what, uh, Claudio, this will be last thing to say about Arteta uh, for Arsenal. I just think even if they get Ozil back, I think we will we'll always be competing, maybe top six. Um, we top still six. got a lot. Well, this we, we got, if we if say Ozil comes back, we can compete for top six. Well, let's say for sixth spot. He's let me say that. Back. Yeah. Let me say sixth spot. No, but that's what I'm saying. No, but that's what I'm saying is that maybe we could compete there for sixth position if Uzo comes back. Okay. But there's no, okay. there's no ways we're looking at mm. um, getting into your Champions League, winning the league, just because Uzo is back. No ways. You know what is interesting? That Wolves were experimenting on the weekend and they still beat an Arsenal. So that's a whole different type of category. I see Wonga's had his final thoughts. Matt, you have your final thoughts. Celo, I have your final thoughts. And then that's the show. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to another week of Spurs at the top of the league. You know, like I said last uh, week, I think we should stop the count now. Let's end it. Give us a trophy. <laughs> we'll all walk away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm all good. Uh, glad, glad that we got the win. I uh, want um, two more. I want two more wins this week. Uh, 
before we face Leipzig and then um, the Manchester derby uh, coming up um, the, the following weekend. Well, it's till the end. Yeah, enjoy the push, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Cheers, guys. <laughs>